This is the GPL Podcast from GoForPucksLive.com. You know, I, th- I think there is some shenanigans happening in the goalie community. Are, are you going to speak on that? In as, the goalie as a, community. Oh, you know, former goalie. You know, I got to ride this goalie nation, but. Um, <laughs> oh, boy. You make mistakes. I love it. And so I had to train for this marathon. <laughs> make sure you stay awake for the game tomorrow. <laughs> but the Big Ten's a bad conference. That's a joke. If this gets clipped, that's a joke. Oh, oh no, no. <laughs> I'm definitely clipping that one now. Now, here's Jupiter and Vigo. GPL podcast, episode number 237. Well, Viggs is on vacation this week. He's in Washington, D.C., so we're going to bring in two other guys that have helped out so many times. Drew Cove, Nate Wells. There they are. Hello, gentlemen. How's it going? It's going good, and look at that, Nate. Look at that jersey. Yeah, I came underdressed. (laughs) I was going to say, you have the... You got you got the visual uh, element now, so I had to dress the part. Yeah, it's very nice. How goes it in the on the East Coast there, Nate? East Coast is good. Life's treating me well. It was sixty degrees today. Shut kind up. of that nice uh, well, that nice part where right now, yeah. You just need to stop. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we've had two and a half inches of snow all winter. So yeah, it's been a weird winter. It has been a really weird one. Uh, I was back in Minnesota at the end of February for my dad's birthday, and that was the first time that I'd seen a bunch of snow like all winter, and it felt really weird. I just didn't know what to do with myself. And it was, and it really has been an odd winter in that area to have so little snow. Yeah, we just keep being too warm. We're like it's it's about 35, 38 degrees, and we'll get that like an inch of rain. So like you know, if it was a little cooler, it would be about a foot of snow or something, but. Yeah, it's pretty much, I mean, we're, we're at spring officially now, and we're at uh, NCAA tournament time, so, I mean, winter's over. It's coming to an end. It is. And then, Drew, you're stuck with me in the cold. Yep. Nope. It's, uh, I feel like we got two inches just this week of rains, or snow, so <laughs> it's, uh, thankfully it rained yesterday, but that's... Uh, yeah, I was listening to that yikes. last night. It was kind of strange. All right, guys. Well... NCAA tournament time, my favorite weekend of the year time. But before we need to get to that, we have some Big Ten and other championships that happened this past weekend. Uh, Drew, the Gophers did it again. They couldn't finish it out at home against Michigan. Yeah, I really thought they could do it this year. It was. Uh, it seemed like, you know what, this, these guys came back. They had the bad taste in their mouth from the year before. But it uh, just didn't end up right. I mean, you, you saw... It was two two after the after the first two periods, and you said, "I, I mean, it, this Gopher team all year, it feels like if they're down or tied, it hasn't really felt like there's a, not a lead they can overcome against any team, and it just really felt like okay, no, it seemed like a lot of people weren't worried or didn't have a reason to be worried, and then you see the greatest goal you've ever seen, and I'm still <laughs> holding to that. That is that was the coolest goal I've ever seen. I don't know if I'll ever see a goal cooler than that my entire life. That was that was amazing. And it just it felt like it was like you know, it felt like it was gonna be like, okay, the gophers are gonna win that one. Like that was such a cool goal. Mm-hmm. It blew the lid off the place and it felt like uh, it, it just it made you feel like, okay, this is like 
Gophers are going to win this. And like, that's going to, but 18 minutes left in the period and uh, Michigan comes back a little bit. And it wasn't one of the games that Justin Close uh, stole for you. But uh, um, I think it was a, a, a overall, like a pretty decently played game. The Gophers had a few lulls yeah. in there at, at times and uh, sometimes for extended periods of time, but to, that they still held in it after playing one game in like however many, like one game in two weeks up until mm-hmm. then it was, I thought it was, and like Bob said, it's like he, he said it was good to play a competitive team right then and just didn't end up uh, the way that they wanted to again. Well, Nate, what did your what are your thoughts after that game this past weekend? It was a championship caliber game between two championship caliber teams at the end of it. I mean, yeah, but Bob said about uh, playing a top team, you really expect Michigan to be there again at the end of the year. And it really just shows the uh, the high-end talent that both teams have. Do you think at this point, Rhett Pitlick is kind of wondering what he can do to score something and like raise the roof off of Mariucci Arena and not have it like all of a sudden quickly go awry? Because, I mean, he had the uh, the stick toss North Dakota, and they go and score uh, three times quickly. He has the uh, number one play sports center, gives Minnesota the lead, and that one goes away. And uh, Drew kind of touched on it for me, the – disappointing part of that game is something that you really haven't seen from Minnesota too much this year mm-hmm. is losing, uh, is losing a lead in the third period. The Gophers have just been really resilient. They're able to kind of come back from any deficit, but then so is Michigan. And so it's what makes mm-hmm. those matchups when both teams are healthy and at full strength. So entertaining to watch where they're able to counter one another. Uh, I mentioned on Twitter that uh, when they're watching it, I'm like, I could watch a best of seven of these just because watching the two teams yes. counter one another, go back and forth and seeing it over a series would be so much fun. And you even get it just from period to period in these games. So I think it's a good learning lesson for Minnesota, especially entering the tournament and where, you know, that one loss sends you home and ends your season. But at the end of the day, yeah, I was a little disappointed to see Minnesota not lift that uh, second uh, hardware. And Drew, what I really thought was kind of what really killed them was that second period when they had those two quick goals against, and it just seemed like the Gophers even looked lost at that moment. Yeah, they definitely were on their heels, and it looked like they needed to they needed some spark of life, and it looked like Nyes and or Cooley were trying to give it like they always do, but it just it it didn't really work and they they were they they went from being in the first period super strong on the puck and really good at just keeping possession like into the zone and even just in like on shift changes but in the second it it was just it was really soft on retrievals really soft on keeping the puck and it just didn't seem it 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 looked like they they were they they were just lost at that point i don't know but it it did not uh yeah, it just didn't. It, it didn't look like the same team in the second period there after those couple of goals, um, at least for a little while. And then obviously they kind of come back with some energy in the third. But yeah, that second period was a bit of a just kind of just kind of soft on 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 getting on keeping the puck and and going to get the puck even in their own defensive zone. It just looked like you see it ring around the boards just forever because it was you know big ice last time. We're gonna be able to say that, but just it went forever and then even even like i think Brock Fabers and and Ryan Johnson's just kind of like not getting to the puck fast enough and then it turned into an offensive possession for Michigan and it just didn't really didn't give the, do themselves any favors in that period to kind of regain the lead you know we got a question from Corey here or a comment last half of the game Gophers looked gassed concerning Lacombe was brutal and looked like he should not have played you know i i did notice Lacombe didn't seem quite his self obviously he's coming back from injury 
people were saying that the Faber didn't look himself either. And that kind of leads to what you were saying there that, you know, maybe he was not getting to pucks. Maybe Johnson wasn't getting to pucks. What do you think of those thoughts on about Corey there, uh, Drew? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you could definitely tell Lacombe was a bit slower. And you, you do wonder that if Brock Faber playing and, like, maybe playing as much as he needed to for that kind of game. Mm-hmm. If it was any other game, I think, even if it was, like, the semifinal, I think he would probably would have played, like, a little bit less. But, uh, yeah, I mean, those guys are going to have to be on. So, hopefully they've been getting a rest this week and, uh, and kind of uh, just – Rest, just getting ready back into full game shape because yeah, it's just kind of the first week back for Lacombe. Um, yeah, it was a little, a little <laughs> sketchy at times for mm-hmm. how how for con- compared to how good they've been. All yes, season, because they've been all world yes. all season and just like them at that, it's noticeable when they're a little bit off their game. What do you think, Nate? Yeah, and it's noticeable when you're going against a Michigan team that has the firepower yeah. that they are and a team that there's only a few teams that have that that can match Minnesota in the offensive firepower and have those top lines and give the challenge to the Gophers blue line. But at the same time, you're probably going to end up playing those teams if they continue to advance mm-hmm. the NCAA tournament. So I think the experience is going to be great for Minnesota. Uh, I mean, you have four games. They're going to get, be against four extremely, <laughs> extremely good teams. It's tough to end anybody's season and especially the last 16 teams who are in the NCAA tournament, they've, they've earned it. Anyone it's either they've earned it throughout the entire season or they're hot at the right time. And they are teams that know how to win postseason games. What do you think about the format of the tournament? A lot of leagues have gone to this format now, except for a select few. Um, we know <laughs> We know Moscow doesn't like it, Nate, but uh, I'm guessing it's it's not the best. As, as Viggs has said all year long, it's probably not the best for the league itself to not play as many games at the end of the season. It's not, and it either would be great to have a three-week tournament where the second week of the semifinals is also best of three, and then there's just one championship game, or it's moved and in, condensed into a two-week final where – the final four are in the highest seed and you have three games there, um, which obviously, I mean, it's been pretty much the motive. It's pretty much the regular college hockey uh, postseason tournament, which you see a lot of themes. I mean, that's basically like the, the frozen face off the old WCHA final five. So for me, that's, I think that'd be the perfect thing. And obviously the big 10 doesn't do it because Wisconsin, Ohio state don't have control of their buildings this time of year. Mm-hmm. It's the reason why they initially did the neutral site tournaments that I think I was the only one who ever showed up to them. <laughs> <laughs> I think I went the first year I was there with, uh, with, with, I think there were about four go for five. Big, big mistake was there. I think big, it was me. It was me and big mistake. We're like there in, uh, there in Detroit. Uh, yeah, I mean, if I recall one. correctly, you took a bus, didn't you? I did a, yeah, I definitely did a bus, uh, out you took to the bus there. I did the bus to Detroit. Yeah. Chicago through to Detroit. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, oh, if you ever fly Minneapolis to Detroit, it's like really expensive because it's just two Delta hubs. Exactly. But I, yeah, I did that. Stayed with, stayed with some friends, went down to the Joe and enjoyed it. Uh, although I didn't really enjoy that 2017 one where I was covering for the strip and it was Penn state, Wisconsin going, keep going to the double overtime. And the thing was with that, I don't know if you guys remember this, but it was, if Penn State won, Minnesota was a one seed. If Wisconsin won, Minnesota was a two seed. 
So I was just writing about three different stories on deadline. I had a notebook. <laughs> I realized afterwards while talking, it was uh, our, our your, your friend of the show, uh, Jack Ramsey, that was the notebook it was on. And it was one of those things where I'm just like, end game, end. Want to be able to send this, don't miss deadline. And of course, <laughs> deadline passed. <laughs> That's the one thing about hockey. It yeah. can just keep going and going and going. It's not going to end. <laughs> It was one of those things. I'm like, everyone in the building is like, this is the great, this is so great. This is great hockey. This is so fantastic. And then me and Todd Molesky are just like, and deadline, deadline. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I drew, you know, he, you know, Nate's suggesting that maybe that second semifinal is a two out of three. I kind of like that. If they can get another team in the league and prevent a buy. Yeah. I think the buy is definitely the issue. That sounds like it, obviously Bob's kind of qualm with it mm-hmm. and being obviously it's kind of hard to have a complaint as the one seed, but yeah, you do have to take a lot of time off and especially after you've been playing consecutively um, for so long, mm-hmm. two games on a weekend for the entire, since October um, it's, it is a weird shift, especially when you're supposed to be ramping up and playing like really intense hockey and just kind of playing and like, yeah, it's just, it, it's weird to kind of do that play a couple games, play a scrimmage, wait, wait a few weeks, and then jump into, into actually competitive tournament games where the teams they're, they're playing against were playing for the, to make the tournament. And the Gophers obviously had not as much to play for, especially this year. But um, yeah, it's just, it, it's, it's a, it's a work in progress. I think it's better than it used to be in terms of mm-hmm. popularity, fan engagement, obviously, but I don't, I don't, I would be opposed to the, the, the best of three second round. Uh, but yeah, it just gets to that point. Then do you say, Oh, well then why do we only play one game? The, in the championship. Or how about the championship, Nate, the championship best two out of three. Oh, oh my God. Can you imagine the, uh, can you imagine the paralyzed going back and forth and that for the combinations? Oh. <laughs> it's like, Oh, well, it's like, well, I mean, that's team, X, team X gets in if it goes three games. I mean, you talk about, you know, uh, you know, wanting to see a big seven game series or something like that, but that would kind of really give you that feeling of, you know, potential three weeks in a row, you're playing two to three oh, games. It, it would be, it would be fantastic. I mean, I but would, they might have, play, they might have but... started early. Like they'd have to, you know, might yeah. have to go Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yeah. But like nine games in like 16 or 17 days. That's a, uh... yeah. yeah. It is that fine it's line. Better than, not it's better enough. than zero games that Penn state has played. They'll have 19 days off. That That is the tough thing with the three-week right. system, yeah, because you knew either Penn State or Ohio State was going to have two weeks off. Correct. Minnesota could have played one game in a three-week stretch. Uh, Michigan Tech is entering the tournament. They didn't play last weekend at all. They lost Northern Michigan in the uh, CCHA semifinal. So there's certainly the there's, there's there, there are pros and cons to the different styles. I kind of wonder, though, if you have that, just have the semifinals and finals in that same weekend where you're guaranteed to have four teams yeah. So for the most part, your your top teams who are going to make the tournament should be there and should not be missing an extra week. As opposed to, I mean, for the Big Ten, basically everyone besides, I mean, Ohio State missed a week, was off that last week. You only have two teams that are going to be playing the week at the, the championship weekend. So you're, it's it is it is a bit of a of a tough draw though. I think for the Big Ten, I, it's certainly something to look into. Well, the thing is, Quinnipiac lost Friday night, so Minnesota automatically didn't matter what the result was on Saturday. Got the number one seed, the number one overall seed, I should say. 
And and let's take a look at the tournament here, guys. We get the bring this up here. I got the Fargo region. The one Minnesota is in number one against Canisius. We saw that coming just when Canisius won their championship. Um, I know you guys talked about this on your podcast earlier this uh, on Sunday, uh, Drew. St. Cloud and Minnesota State sounds like they could have switched a couple other teams, but really, like St. Cloud and Harvard were just extremely close. You yeah. couldn't blame them for putting them St. Cloud here. Yeah, within a few percentage points, and like like a lot of people say too. I mean, the travel does factor into it, and especially when you have a school. I mean, St. Cloud three teams took like a bus. They, yeah, yeah. For St. Cloud, you're going to like not having to fly to to make a connection to what what Bridgeport, Connecticut, or something, and it's going to be a little bit a uh, little bit better for them, I think. For yeah, just their fan base and traveling, if they can afford the the marked up North Dakota fan tickets. Um, we'll see how that works, but, uh, um, yeah, it, it's, it's, uh, I think like Vig said on Twitter, region of death, right? I think a lot of people said that it's just, it's, uh, yeah. um, it's, it's all the demons that the Gophers, uh, want slash need to face all in one. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk more about that, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> I mean, that's, a, that's, that's, that's a heck of a first round matchup, um, with a lot of in-state, uh, eyeballs on that, on that game for sure. And, and really Nate, it's. I think I think people are probably just more mad that only one Minnesota team can possibly make the Frozen Four. People love Minnesota teams. Minnesota teams playing one another. But I want to at least take a step back and let's appreciate the fact that St. Cloud State and Minnesota State make a region of death in the NCAA tournament. Like five years ago, if we said that, I think we would all laugh about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. So region true. of death big Ten's the best hockey conference pets heads are falling off <laughs> minnesota minnesota state who until three years ago did not win an ncaa tournament game and found increasingly crazy ways to lose ncaa tournament games and st cloud state who had the same thing in the, earlier in their history and three and or four and five years ago lost as the number one overall seed in back-to-back years so it's kind of funny on that end that this is the case, but also I'm like, I, I, I get it. It's two teams that Minnesota that really get up for Minnesota mm-hmm. and the Gophers strength. One of their big strengths this season is teams need to make adjustments against the Gophers. It takes them a while to figure the Gophers out. Uh, there's something like 13, four and one this season in the opening game of a series. And I think really, I think St. Cloud state's one of the few teams that kind of sell them in that first game uh, where the goalie kind of stole it, but Really, just the Gophers play well against new new teams. You know, I think to slay the demons, though, Holy Cross would have needed to make this. <sighs> that would have, oh man, the hockey gods just they couldn't give it that one. I really thought though that it might happen given the they were a seven seed in Atlantic hockey, which Atlantic hockey just beat up on one another each year, like this entire yeah. season. They were the seven overall seed. They beat the number one. They beat number two, and the Kinesis was four. And basically, in February, they were on, they were in eighth in the final spot of Atlantic Hockey, and kind of got hot right uh, in the middle of February. They put things everything together. It's a team that has a lot of grad transfers and used the portal well, so maybe kind of took yeah. a bit to gel that identity. I heard they had someone that t- that's older than me on that team. There's a 26 year old on the on, on <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Drew, you got like one more year of people being older than you in college right? hockey. Megan I didn't grass. think it was still possible. Watching yeah. the Gophers, no. it's like, oh man, they're all yeah. Yeah. 
Well, I think it just would have been fun if it was Holy Cross and then Minnesota State were to beat St. Cloud. So you'd have that really old demon, mm-hmm. Holy Cross, and then you've got the last two-year demons. That could still possibly happen. Um, but uh, I, I, I I think you you guys are right, though. I, I, I do like this draw because I think it helps Minnesota no matter what, Drew. Yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, I think it's good for the Gophers to get some of this competitive, um, some of some of this big competition in because obviously, like it or not, I think there are a lot of really competitive. I think a lot of the other regions are obviously very competitive. I think uh, obviously the Denver region is very, very, um, is, is very, very tough. But I got to say, Minnesota getting past these two teams. The, I mean, granted, they get past Canisius and. Like we've seen in the past for people, like for Bob and his history and the Gophers yes. history, albeit a while mm-hmm. ago, it's not a complete given and it's hockey. So given they get past Kinesius, whoever they face in that is going to be a really tough game. And I think it's going to mean mm-hmm. a lot to the Gopher, the, the Gopher players that did both, like they lost to both these teams this year. I mean, shut out against St. Cloud. Um and I think at the time the Gophers were playing really, really well. That was the start of a really good streak for them. I think for through the end of the season, before that, kind of in that lull where that was with that Wisconsin series in, in Madison. But then, I, it's it's going to be a really tough series. And I think if or not series, but I think the championship game, given they make it there, is going to set them up really, really well for mm-hmm. whoever they face in the Frozen Four because there could be some weaker teams in the that make the Frozen Four than than I mean that don't play Minnesota as well as the the Mavericks and the Huskies. Mm. Well, let's, let's quickly go through the other regions. We have the other, what people think is the, uh, you know, death region, Denver, Cornell, Boston university, Western Michigan. What do you think, Nate? I really like that first matchup of Denver and Cornell. It fascinates me so much because you have the defending national champions, a team that plays really well and has most of the has a good portion of the core back from that championship team going against a Cornell team that may historically not perform well in the NCAA tournament, but also matches up very well with the pioneers kind of seems like Denver's Achilles Hill season has been going against very defensive teams with very good goaltending. And also Denver is coming in with some injuries. They're banged up a bit. Uh, Magnus Corona left the, or missed some time at the end of the year. He also left the NCHC uh, frozen face last semifinal. So I'm really kind of curious to see how this one goes. I I think if it were a healthy Denver, it'd be an easier call. But this is a one that really intrigues me. Actually, same thing with the BU Western Michigan. They're two teams that are really just kind of offensive. And uh, I run to see just some crazy, crazy uh, offensive scoring in the NCAA tournament. You don't see that too often. It's always these nice defensive battles because no one wants to make a mistake. <laughs> what do you think of this region, Nate? Or Drew, sorry. Uh, I mean, I, I like Denver out of it for sure, but I do think that Boston University Western Michigan match is gonna be a pretty fun one. And like you said, I mean I've seen some some just some highlights about Boston University in recent weeks, but man, it, it even if they're playing a close game, it does seem like they do have a lot of a lot of jump and a lot of electricity. So I mean, it should be a really fun read, and I, I do think this is this is a really this is super tough up and down the board. I mean, the defending national championship champions at number four, uh, I mean the the fourth number one seed. That's, and then I mean it's just 
it is kind of a tough it's it's a tough look because western it like western's shown that they can they can be really really tough this time of year mm-hmm. and i just it is i mean the gophers are 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 obviously where they are but i think they'd be they this this would be a really tough one for them to be into it is those those seeds are also kind of misnomers because cornell i mean western michigan lost to cc in the uh in the nchc first round before that they were pretty much a little bit higher they're on the higher end of that tier that six to twelve tier cornell if they won ecac this weekend they would have been a two seed so there there's very thin lines between seven eight twelve thirteen and that's kind of the thing we're kind of seeing with uh, all these teams i mean with the team where you have the minnesota state and you have the st cloud states move to fargo where the other options, you're either way, if Minnesota gets past Canisius, they're facing tough teams regardless. Mm-hmm. Like there are no easy teams in this mat in this bracket. Uh, I mean, Canisius technically would is about 15, 20 teams less in the uh, pairwise than anybody else. But still, they won Atlanta hockey. They able to shut out. They're able to find ways to uh, win a conference tournament. So like there are no easy teams this time of year. All right, moving on to Allentown. Honestly, I, boy, I would have loved to have seen, you know, somehow Western Michigan swapped and put into this group just to keep <laughs> get them with Michigan somewhere. That would have been so nice. Quinnipiac, join Hockey East and just don't tell anyone. Like, that'd be perfect. Boom. There you go. <laughs> Everyone's saying Michigan in a cakewalk here. Uh, I think the biggest team in trouble here is Penn State, even though they're the home team, because like we've mentioned earlier, they haven't played in almost three weeks. They have not been playing well since the first of the year. I think Tech is going to cause them a lot of problems, Drew. Yeah, I think I'm uh, just pulling up my – yeah, I have Tech winning this game. I do, yeah. Penn State has not been inspiring here down the stretch, um, especially when the Gophers played them. Like, I'm sure – I mean – Everybody in watching this and listening to this too is probably just they, they just Penn State look did not look inspired and they didn't look ready no. to to be on the same level of the Gophers when they played them. Um, but I mean, at the time too, the Gophers were, were trying to kind of rebound and, and play some really good hockey into the end of the year. But I do think uh, Michigan Tech is a really really strong force, and I don't think uh, I don't think this will be a, that great of a game to be completely honest. I do think mm-hmm. Michigan Tech wins it. Um, so an all Michigan regional final, but it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it would be cool to see. I don't know. That's, uh, cause I, I know, I know Beeks has been saying a lot that this Michigan team has when, when you can find their weaknesses and find them, make and find them making mistakes, you could beat them. And yeah, it would, wouldn't be, that'd be funny to see Minnesota play such a complete game. They'll both of them play such a complete game in the big 10 championship and then have them lose to, to tech in the, in the final. And Nate, maybe it's something where if Penn State could survive after not playing so long and got through that game, they have had the formula this season to take out Michigan. So that maybe is what they need to do. Just like, hey, let's just try to survive a couple periods of this game as we're getting our lungs back to play really defensive, which they don't do. (laughs) <laughs> and maybe mm-hmm. sneak one out so they can get up against Michigan. Yeah, that's exactly it. Every time I watch Penn State play Michigan, it looks like, other than Minnesota, mm-hmm. they're the team that's kind of figured them out the best. They can't fully play their style against Michigan, but they've learned to be able to win their win the game. 
Um, they had one where they ended up blowing a lead at Ann Arbor, uh, the one where yes. uh, Luke scored four goals. But they were the better team for the vast majority of that game. So, and when they're in uh, State College earlier in the season, they're, they they won, and I think they're the better team in the game that they lost. So, like, it's three of the four. I thought Penn State uh, outplayed Michigan or just really pleased to play with them. What really makes that Penn State-Michigan Tech game really um, just stick out for me, honestly, that's the one I'm kind of interested in more than any other of the first-round matchups. I guess maybe besides St. Cloud State, Minnesota State. Okay, I'm from Minnesota. That game <laughs> is going to obviously uh, pique some interest. But it's that Penn State, they have the offense. They have a bit of the home crowd. They they're in they're in a building that they uh, are very familiar with. The they've been off, but so has Michigan Tech. But then Michigan Tech has the, one of the top goalies in the nation, uh, Blake Piedala. They are defensive. They have some NCAA tournament experience from last year, and see how much that makes an, make, makes a difference. It's really been interesting to watch, see this bracket, and realize just how much how many teams return with NCAA tournament experience. You have all four frozen four teams. You have six of the last eight from last season. So you have teams that know how to win in the NCAA tournament. And it's kind of really interesting to see how that matchup goes. I almost kind of feel, yeah, Michigan Tech is a tougher matchup for Penn State on that end. Mm -hmm. And then finally, we'll get a quick look here. Quinnipiac and Merrimack, Harvard and Ohio State in Bridgeport on Friday. I actually have Harvard coming out of this bracket on the MNCAA bracket. Entire, you I have did. them winning this. You have him making the frozen. Play. I have them coming out of this bracket. Wow. I, I do as I do as well. So. Oh. So you're not a Quinnipiac believer. Both both not Quinnipiac believers. I really like the bracket for Quinnipiac, but Harvard has more ways to win. That Harvard-Ohio State matchup should be really fun. Um, it will be, yes. Yeah, it should be. Ohio State has shown that they can make kind of those offensive teams uh, just struggle and kind of lose away. I mean, they beat the Gophers that first time pretty handily. They beat Michigan. But I just – I like Harvard's death. They looked really good in the NCAA tournament before that Denver third period in the national championship game. I thought they gave Mankato their biggest scare last year. And just kind of throughout the season, I'm just I've had them pegged as a dark horse to just kind of make mm -hmm. some noise in the tournament. I can see them putting together two really good games. I can see honestly, I can see all four of those teams in that uh region put together two really good games. I just feel for for Quinnipiac, they need to be able to play their game, they need to be leading, they need the they need to be able to do that, and it's tough to put together two games like that against two top teams. But they're at the play to advance to Tampa. Interestingly enough, Drew, in that bracket on the MNCAA bracket, I have Harvard losing to Minnesota in the title game. Really? See, I asked a that rematch question. of a rematch of 1989. <laughs> oh man! See, but I asked that question. I, but that's why I, I also called my bracket. GPL is terrible at picking. Oh, games. there you go. Okay, okay. <laughs> But see, I have Ohio State coming out of this side of the bracket. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Nothing wrong the, with that. All the I, teams, can, yeah. I have them beating Harvard. I have them beating Quinnipiac. Sorry, Merrimack. But I do I, – I think – like, Nate, you mentioned Dark Horse for Harvard. I just – for some reason – I mean, Ohio State's been really sneaky good the last couple of years. And I think Dobish is is good. 
um, and he can he he can make he can make plays um, and make good saves when he really really needs to, and I think that can just keep this this Ohio State team in. And I just that that might be my one reach pick. I think throughout most of my bracket is just Ohio State beating Harvard one, and then because I mean you can beat Harvard, you can beat Quinnipiac. I think at that point, and um, yeah, a lot of a lot of us I think on this side of the on this side of the country that are are not Quinnipiac believers, especially, but it's uh yeah i do think the the western hockey will, will showcase itself and uh, ohio state and here's the thing though nate and drew we're all wrong we're we nobody ever gets a perfect bracket we love this tournament because it's crazy weird things happen we have upsets there's always typically almost every season a number one gets seed gets beat by a number four every it, year it, since 2006 it's yeah it's just it's just crazy, and and I'm glad to be wrong because it doesn't really mean much. It just means that our, the sport we love is just that awesome. <laughs> which, yeah. which number one do you think is gonna? Which one number one oh. do you think is gonna? Here's the entire loses. tournament here. Oh, which number one loses right off if the it's bat? Since 2006, I mean, one's got to happen. If anything of those. I think Cornell has the best opportunity or the best chance. But as we've seen, <laughs> weirder things have happened. But that's my best guess. What do you think, Nate? I would say, yeah, Quinnipiac, Quinnipiac uh, and Denver are probably the two to kind of look out for. I mean, Michigan, Col- Colgate beat uh, Quinnipiac and Harvard. So they beat two NCAA teams to win ECAC last weekend. That's not an easy, that's not an easy feat. And Kinesis, I mean, as we've seen, like it would, uh, I should point out, Kinesis being Minnesota would basically be the real life version of what everyone assumes Holy Cross was. And Holy Cross was. They were a 20th pairwise. They were were very close to making the NCAA tournament as an at-large. Minnesota was the two overall because they lost that crazy 8-7 WCHA game at St. Cloud State. Wisconsin was the number one because the CHA was still still existed, and they played Bemidji, and they played Bemidji, and they didn't leave the state of Wisconsin to win that championship. But this actually would be the biggest upset, like by paralyzed by ranking. Far, yeah, it's like, yeah, like five, yeah, it's like five, it's like it's like it's like four or five. I think the RIT right now is is the big one, is the biggest one, really, with the one, and then Bemidji in two thousand nine, I believe, is either the same or it's closer. It's like one less. They beat Notre Dame, but Notre Dame was the two overall. Hmm. All right, of those four, what do you think, uh, Drew? Which one? Uh, I, I'm just yeah, not a not necessarily a Quinnipiac believer, so maybe Merrimack. I don't know, but I mean, yeah, you do have to watch. Say, it'll be Michigan. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, it is tough to say that right now, but like in the back of my mind, just something like for how how bad they've been, they've they've lost to some teams. It just. The consistency might not be there, but maybe this time of year, who knows? But like, because they they looked so good against the Gophers, and I just wonder, is it going to fall off? Is it going to like how? What's it going to take for them to to lose a step or to lose their focus? I don't know, but uh, yeah, but yeah, like we're back to the Canisius thing too. This would have to be the worst loss in Gopher history if that happens, right? Oh yes, it would be. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Given given the history, given where the team is, given what the team is trying to accomplish, oh yes, it would. 
given oh, yeah. most of us kind of hand waved the season just because like we knew we'd they'd get they'd have to get back to the tournament. <laughs> like I mean that was kind of the goal, right? All the guys coming back, it's like all right, make it to the Big Ten championship game one, and then make it to the tournament and make it to the, get a national championship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I have so I don't know how you guys fill out your brackets, but when I do mine, I just always try to think of which team has the most ways to win, which team kind of has the experience, which team matches up well with the have the death, which team has a goaltender who can steal a game. And that's always kind of the way I just try to do with my bracket to figure out, hey, like this team is very good. Because always we always see very good teams. Maybe they have an off night or they're able to be their their top line is being able to be stymied or just a goalie steals a game. And it happens in one in a one game series in single elimination. And but, obviously but like it doesn't they, happen all the time, but but how much has your educated guesses how well is it done for you? It's in either this tournament. So that's the thing. It's either re- I was about to get to that. It's either really good or it's really bad. I've won. <laughs> so the funny thing was, so I won uh, two years in a row, almost based on St. Cloud State being upset as the number one overall. <laughs> um, but I've also uh, in 2021, I had I had like. I, I picked UMass to win that one as well. I think my like my bracket was like I won really easily. Like the top half of it, I think it was I had Quinnipiac beating uh, Minnesota State, and that was the only the game like I'd missed in the top half. And then obviously like the Gophers didn't beat that, uh, didn't didn't move on to the fro- uh, the Frozen Four because of that. But it's one of those things where like I either do really good or really bad, and there's no in between just based on the style. How do you guys? How do you guys pick your brackets? I, I definitely have a lot of bias into the game into the teams that I've seen. Yes. I mean, except I mean, mm-hmm. it it goes. I think it goes both ways because I mean, seeing a lot of Penn State, I I pick them to lose because they just have not looked good lately. I've liked Ohio State the last couple of years. I think I'd pick them, but I mean, it is yeah. It's it. I think with especially with the Minnesota bracket and the teams I've seen, I think I pick. I mean, I for for your reason, Nate, I picked Minnesota State to beat St. Cloud because of just I think. Like even though they barely got into the tournament, they but barely won their tournament. I, they just there's some kind of a different gear that they have, and this, this a sneaky way to win games this time of year. And like and they they made a really good two really good Minnesota teams look look very pedestrian in the last couple of years. I mean they've ended their season two games. They they've outscored the Gophers nine to one. That's yep, that's yeah. crazy. And then it, it, I get they're not the same team. There's not Dryden McKay, but. There's still something there with the. It's got to be in their head still, Drew. It's got to be in their head. Yeah, but I, I mean, you got to think too. You got to give a, Mike Hastings a lot of credit. He knows how to how to. He, he's got the game plan to beat the Gophers, and he's just got to do a good job of. I mean, he's already doing a good job. His players just have to execute the job that he knows will work against the Gophers, and it's just it's just a matter of if it, if it works or not. And That's if had, they beat St. Cloud, by the way. <laughs> yeah, <Sorry. yeah. laughs> this is always how it is. But also, yeah, they've had crazy ways to win and like raise hardware. They they scored. They were down two nothing with a few minutes mm-hmm. left. Scored twice against Northern Michigan. Like they they had a five on three. They didn't score on that. They scored twice. Extra attacker, and go on to win in overtime. the The game that they won to uh, get the uh, McNaughton Cup, it was like disallowed goal. Uh, by Michigan Tech. Michigan Tech scores a shorthanded goal to tie it. Minnesota State goes and scores like on the power play to power win. Play, and yeah. this is all in like a, like a minute, minute and a half's time. 
at the end of the game. Like they, they know how to win crazy. And yeah, that's the NCAA tournament in a nutshell. You're not going to have four like humdrum games where you can lead from start to finish. You need to be able to win crazy. You need to be able to be like, Hey, we're down to nothing. Let's turn that gear and score and uh, sort of turn this game around. And we've seen Minnesota do that a lot of times this year, but now we have to see if they can do that uh, in the NCAA tournament. Well, let's go back to that uh, game. Minnesota Canisius guys. I always have that fear in the back of my head. You worry. Um, this team this year does, doesn't have me as much worried, but uh, like you said, there's always a number one seed and it could always happen. What does Minnesota need to do to not allow that to happen, Drew? Boy, I mean, we touched a little bit on it already, but I think the defense yeah. needs to be stellar. I think uh, I think the top guys are going to need to be the top guys that they've been all year. I I don't have a reason to doubt that, and especially like not trying not to discount Kanishas, but they are the number forty-one pairwise team, and I think if there's a game to ease yourself back into to full game shape and to play really well, it had it. I mean there's no better opportunity when you're playing in the national in the, in the tournament than to do it against a 16 seed. So you got to think Brock Faber and Jackson, Lacombe are really going to be in tune to what they're doing and making sure that they're doing the right things to make sure that this team can just, they, they can keep them to the perimeter, not get any good shots, not get any good, any real good offensive chances and just be good at making breakouts, making smart plays and not trying to be, not trying to score eight on them, even though they, 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 they could, but I don't think they, they can't go out with that mindset that, all right, this is just practice. Like they, they have to, they have to keep the game settled down. And I think Brock Faber's like leadership in terms of his calm ability so far this year and just kind of keeping, keeping focus, that's going to be key to make sure that the forwards can do what they need to do. Now, Nate, does Canisius just come out and try to lock it down as much as possible? and maybe hope for a power play or something, what should they be doing? Yeah, they should pretty much be going in there knowing that they're going to lose the, the possession. They're going to lose possession. They need to not be giving up second chances. They need to be trying to keep Minnesota the outside. When, for the most part, when the number one overall loses or when the, the Atlantic hockey team wins, whether it's against number one or the number two, it's almost always they get outshot. The goalie plays extremely well. They don't allow rebounds. They don't allow second chances. They counter and take advantage of opportunities. They get a lead. They're able to maybe sit on it a little bit and just clog up lanes and not allow the team that plays extremely well to just get any golden opportunities. Feel that Minnesota is a team that knows how to create second and third chances. We've seen a lot this year with their top two lines being able to do that and be able to draw penalties and create odd man opportunities. The, with the NCAA tournament, it's always going to be teams not looking to make mistakes, trying to play a little bit more cautious. But at the same time, yeah, if you're Canisius, you need to pick and choose those battles and find a way to get an odd man rush, kind of just create a counter and make the most of your few opportunities that you're going to get. Uh, Barczewski, Kinesis goalie, has played extremely well down the stretch. I mean, shout out Holy Cross at the end uh, in the Atlantic Hockey Championship. He's certainly uh, been the spark plug for uh, the Golden Griffins. So 
And you never know with goalies. Do it. Yeah, you it's, never know with goalies. <laughs> it's one. It's one game. It's not a. It's not a series. If it's a series, I would bet my house on Minnesota. <laughs> I not a chance I will ever do that for any team in a one and a single elimination. How many? How many teams this year do you look? If you look at that pairwise from about like right beyond Alaska to about 22, 23 teams have just missed out. How many of those lost are out on there? Cause they lost to a team that's like 45, 50, mm-hmm. 55, like Northeastern missed the NCAA tournament because they had, they lost to, they lost to Bentley and they lost to, they lost to somebody else who was really down there. Maybe it was, maybe it was Long Island. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just, yes, like it's, these are the teams like they're able, the teams at the bottom are still able to beat top teams. We see it every, every year, both the NCAA tournament and we see it throughout the regular season. So yes, Canisius is 41 in the paralyzed. Yes, they are 15, 20 teams worse than the next lowest team in the paralyzed, but yeah, they can win. Don't get me wrong. They can, they can win. Would I, would I bet on them winning? No. Would I be surprised if they win? No. Ooh. Drew, you know, I Vigo and I have talked all season. When Minnesota stays patient, does what they're supposed to do, doesn't have to be flashy, just play solid defense and use that puck control, they could li- they could do that to anybody. It's when they try to run and gun with other teams, like they tried to do maybe with Michigan, that they could get bit. But if they really stay at their game, they could prevent – you know, Canisius of having any hope if they wanted to. Yeah, and I think that obviously starts with the top line. I think Matthew Nyes can solely drain the life out of them in terms of just being a possession. Like, his 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 ability to retrieve the puck in transition, like in the neutral zone, like his takeaway numbers have to be just off the charts because he's always, he's always back-checking. And that's one good thing about this golfer yeah. team, too, is that Logan Cooley back checks, Snuggeroo back check, back checks, and you know what? They don't need to. Like those guys shouldn't necessarily be expected to do it as well as they do, and they all do. And like it's, I think it sets such a good example for the guys that are the, the other younger guys that just aren't necessarily at that talent skill level yet. But I think it sets a really good example up and down the lineup that okay, we're the obviously the the best line, the most offensively gifted line I think in the country, but they still. That's how they make their chances by being really responsible, even when they don't have the puck. And you know, just you kind know, of, kind of going off that though, Drew. I think Nice gets mad when they don't have the puck. That he becomes very aggressive going after. You know, if he's going back up the ice, he's very aggressive on the puck handler. He goes it, after them, and it's amazing how he can walk that line between not not be, getting a holding penalty, getting a hooking, mm-hmm. and but. He can still he still finds ways to retrieve that puck, and I think obviously we've seen Logan Cooley do it before too. But yeah, we've seen Cooley get frustrated too when sometimes when he gets muscled off or just kind of gets hit really hard, kind of gets off the puck and it kind of throws off the the momentum there. But I think it starts with that line just being creative, being calm and creative, not kind of frantic. But when they get the chance and they take it, and it they they have to if it doesn't work, they can't let it get to them. They just got to be. You just got to go, not not go through the motions, but like just let the game play out and take their mm-hmm. chances where they can and be responsible with it. But I think Matthew Nyes has realized in his two years of college hockey that that responsibility is is 
expected and I think of him and I think he's he's good at kind of making sure that his two slightly younger line mates are are pretty aware of that as well. <laughs> Sophomore and two right, freshmen Nate, crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Drew, Drew, the, finally, finally, you're seeing the old man at 20. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? Nate, let's just assume Minnesota moves on against Canisius. What does Minnesota need to do against either St. Cloud or Minnesota State to succeed and get to the Frozen Four? They need to find a way to win a low-scoring game. I expect mm, yes. I expect it both ways no matter who wins between St. Cloud State and Minnesota and assuming that Minnesota wins to advance. Uh, both teams have solid goaltending. Both teams know how to play defensive hockey. Mm-hmm. Both teams have NCAA tournament experience. They know what to do to win this time of year. I mean, you have Minnesota State, who was in last year's national championship game. You have St. Cloud State, who was in it two years ago. So I expect, and we've seen Minnesota win low-scoring games. They're able to do it. They're able to find multiple ways to win a game and take advantage and limit mistakes and go through other teams and be able to take advantage of mistakes that other teams make. So, yeah, I would basically go with they got they need to be able to win a low-scoring game, and that's always a tough thing to say yes. when we're in the NCAA tournament after – what uh, two months of Big Ten, two three months of Big Ten play straight? <laughs> and and St. Cloud's had some injury problems, and you know, and so is, is Mankato. So, yeah, that's part part of the thing, part of the thinking this weekend. Let's look at the main, the full bracket again. Let me see if I can get this to come up here. There we go. So my fro- my Frozen Four teams. I've got Minnesota coming out. I've got Boston University. I have Michigan, and I have Harvard. Drew, who do you have as your Frozen Four teams? I've got a lot of favorites and one not favorite, but I've got uh, I've got the Gophers against uh, the Pioneers, and then I do have Michigan coming out facing Ohio State. So a very Big Ten ah. heavy. <laughs> oh, Frozen similar four. to my bracket, actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just swapped out Harvard and Ohio State. It's yeah. basically who wins that game. And honestly, the funny thing is that game, if you didn't switch the St. Cloud State-Minnesota State matchup, that, that would have been the other game in the uh, Minnesota region. Yes, it would have been. Nate, what are your four picks? I have Minnesota-Western. I think they come back from that uh, loss to CC. I have Harvard, and then I have Michigan. So we're kind of all on the same page there. Okay, okay, okay. Who's your championship game, Nate? Uh, I have the same one as YouTube, Minnesota Harvard. <laughs> really? <laughs> <Yes>. All right. <laughs> Drew's right. like, you guys are crazy. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't think that's that crazy. I think, I mean, that is that is an up in the air region for sure. But I, as much as Michigan, I think, can be uh, lopsided here and there or have streaky games, I don't know. Right now, it seems. Steve with the revenge 34 years later on Harvard. <laughs> boy. I mean, I have I have a rematch of the Big Ten championship game. Oh uh, in the boy. title game. And boy, would that, that would be, be great. Would that be fun? Uh, oh yeah. It's you'd be stressful. I mean, for, for tons of Gopher fans, you'd be stressed out of your minds 
but boy, well, we'd be, we're going to be stressed anyway, yeah. no matter who they play. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, we're, uh, we're going to be... be stressed tomorrow night at this time. Uh, say they're playing, they're playing the forty-first team in the Paralyzed, and we're all talking about man, this is going to be a stressful yeah. game. Like, I will be enough stressed it. tomorrow. It's the oh, NCAA tournament. Uh, before we wrap this up, I, I I will always say this is my favorite weekend of the year. I'm going to say it until I'm dead. Yes, championship weekend is great, but when it comes to one and dones, when we had the you know the three day tournament, now it's a four day tournament on this weekend. I just love this weekend. It's my weekend I've always planned. If I'm 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 going to Grand Fork, not Grand Forks, Fargo on Saturday if they play. But otherwise, I would be on my couch the entire weekend. How much do you love this weekend, Drew? It's a blast because it's it, it's a lot like I mean the high school tournament too, where it's kind of on all day, just throughout. Mm -hmm. You can you can kind of just tune into a lot of games that you haven't necessarily seen. I mean, I I don't get to see a lot of a lot of the Eastern games um, just mm -hmm. throughout the year. I mean, with ESPN Plus, I do get to see. I saw a lot of UConn hockey this year, which was fun Ooh. um but uh it was uh yeah you, it, it's just a great a great time of year because yeah like like we've said the whole podcast too anything can happen and i mean while a lot of Gophers, Gophers fans are going to be stressing at 8 p.m tomorrow because of the because of the 16 versus the one and all the history that likes to conjure itself up um it's it's still a really fun weekend because i mean you're going to see some upsets you're going to see some games that you maybe pick to to go one way when it's not supposed to and it does and it's just it's just a lot of it's a lot of fun because college hockey is obviously super fast, super fun, and it's yeah, it's just a, an amazing time of year. Now watch all the number ones will make the Frozen Four. <laughs> hey, if that happens, it's something we haven't seen in a very yeah. long. We'd have time. to change the stat. It is. Yeah. <laughs> I do want. I feel like we're getting closer and closer to that year happening though, where just where all four of the number ones win the first round. Yeah, it, it it could easily be this year. You but know, also it, could easily not you know, be. Yeah. Then, yeah, now, 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 now that's like why we love this tournament. Yeah, now, now yeah, right. lose. <laughs> yes, this is why we love the tournament. <laughs> well, thanks for coming on the podcast, guys. It's always great to have you both on. And seeing that uh, Vigo is likely bowling at the White House right now. Did wow, you guys see you, his yeah. picture you on chose Twitter? chose the White House over... Uh, yeah, I know. All right. Well, he'll have to he'll have to update us on how that goes along with Shearhorn's pickleball. <laughs> <laughs> but we appreciate you guys coming on. It's great to have a couple co co hosts. That Vigo was out this week. Happy to be here. Always. Always a lot of fun. You guys gonna stick around for some overtime here? Oh yeah. Yeah, of course. The sun's finally gone down. It's finally dark out. It's so weird to have a podcast when it's still light out. So weird, but uh, we're going to obviously thank uh, Nate and Drew for coming on the podcast this week, and maybe we'll see them again later on this season. You just never know. So that's going to do it for this episode of the GPL Podcast. For those of you watching live, stay tuned for all the time. For the rest of you, we'll catch you next time on the GPL Podcast. Mm -hmm.